Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever. It was a listicle that was put together by uh, Empire Magazine back in September 2016. Every week we watch a film from the list and then we talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with a K and I'm joined by... Ben Arrington. And today's film <coughs> is The Devil's Backbone. Um, should we quickly talk about the list itself first? or uh, What, the, the top 50 Empire best yeah. horror movies? Yeah. How old is this list? That was my interest. So, uh, so the list itself was put together in September 2016, uh, put together by some film reviewer type people. They must be very clever. Uh, they probably studied film at university i imagine um and so they they, they're the people yeah they're the people in the know so that this this list and they said these are the best best 50 best 50 horror movies ever so uh it's got to be right it's got to be the 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 good list to go have you read through the 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 entirety of the list luke yeah uh it's pretty good Do do, do you it's pretty good do you agree with it entirely are there any in there where you've gone what on earth no, um, maybe I. No, I don't think so. I'm quite happy that we picked this list because we had another list that was 75, and there's a few on yeah. there that I was like, mm, <laughs> "This is a bit of a smelly one." Yeah. Um, there, <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always like one there's always a, a film or two on a list like this where you're just like, "There is that has just been put in there for an, an a completely unknown reason just to show off." Or, you know, hey, this movie that no one else has seen, which is definitely one of the best ones. Hey, have you guys yeah. seen it? Yeah. It it's, loses it's like, uh, I like this list because this list has got, uh, it's got stuff from when I was a kid and watching horror movies and stuff. It's got like, it's got Scream. And that's like one of the first horror movies. It's got like Nightmare on Elm Street and those sort of uh, late 80s, early 90s films. But it's also got stuff from like the 1930s, which I can't say I'm probably going to enjoy that much. But I'm still quite interested yeah, to see what be- they were like. Yeah, especially if they've made this list, you do want to kind of think, well, yeah, what's going on in this film that makes it yeah. one of the best? What's going on in it? Yeah. 
It's like so, killer cats or something. Yeah, the cat people, whatever it's called. But, oh yeah, and we have to. We don't own that film, so, but it's on YouTube. So I guess we're just gonna have to. Wait a minute, Luke. You don't own cat people. <laughs> you call yourself think... a film fan. You call yourself a horror film fan. Oh. And you don't own cat people. Have you got the original uh, reel of it? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, I had to. Did. I had to beat up a couple of cats for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff. Yeah. So the devil's backbone. Um, yes. What, what this is the part of the show where we say what what the fuck is the devil's backbone? There will be spoilers as well in this show, I imagine. Yeah, it's going to be spoiler heavy from I'm assuming from the get go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, think, uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna really we're gonna really tear it apart. So yeah, spoilers from the get go. We're not gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> Who directed the film? Uh, it was the legendary Guillermo del Toro. Now Spo- I think spoilers. I'm saying that correctly. Spoilers that he directed it. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. I always wait for that bit to see what the director is, and that's a, that's the biggest twist <laughs> of the film. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, so that he's pulled a Shyamalan with that. Name. He's pulled a Shyamalan. Should we read out just a little brief? Um, so The Devil's Backbone is a 2001 Spanish-Mexican gothic horror film written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. I know I've said that already, but, you know, let's say it again. Let's I, think, say it I again. think you're pronouncing his name better than I will. Um, Guillermo. Why don't we just call him GDT? I was going to call him uh, G- uh, Gil. 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 Like <laughs> the guy from the <laughs> the guy from the Simpsons, you know the oh man that, that guy. <laughs> like, do, you always... not, do you think, do you think GDT is a little bit disrespectful? Sounds like a one. wrestler, and uh, it, like... like, it doesn't sound like a good wrestler. Yeah, I like to think of my filmmaking uh, heroes, I guess, as uh, uh, the lonely characters from the Simpsons rather than muscle-bound wrestlers. <laughs> It sounds like a wrestling move, actually. The GDT. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It sounds like a painful, sounds like a painful one. Yeah. yeah, it's like a joint move. It's like it's like a Dudley Brothers sort of. Uh, what was that one called? <laughs> Were they like the three D? Three D. That's the one. Yeah. Three D. Yeah. Through a table. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Empire had this to say about this film: uh, the male companion piece to Gill's later female-centric *Pan's Labyrinth*. Uh, the Devil's Backbone is a classic ghost story set in an orphanage during the Spanish Civil War. Uh, like Pan, it's explicitly political, and there's a clever metaphor at work comparing ghosts to unexploded bombs, which we'll talk about. But it's also less fantastical than its su- successor, an elegant supernatural yarn that compares favorably to the classics like The Innocence and The Haunting. So, have you seen there this film go. before? Um, no, I haven't seen this film before. Um... I think it might be one of the only ones of old GDT. I'm running with GDT now, I'm afraid. It might be one of his only films that I haven't seen. Wait, should it be? I'm pretty sure I've seen no, it. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Did I was, I say that wrong? Uh, no, I was <laughs> going to say, I, was, I thought it was GD, GTD, but it's not, is it? It's DT. Okay, go on. Sorry. Practice that, Luke. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think because uh, his first film, Kronos, I've seen, but. I saw it a long time ago, and I don't think I even knew he directed it, so I don't really remember too much about it. But I'm pretty sure the only other film that he directed that I haven't seen is is the, is the Devil's Backbone, which uh, I've seen it now. Nice, I've seen it. You finished it, collected them all, mate. 
I uh, finished it. Complete, I completed I it, mate. I haven't seen Kronos. And after seeing this, I've got to say, I really do want to watch Kronos at some point. Because uh, this is like his Spanish Civil War trilogy. So there's Kronos, uh, this, The Devil's Backbone, forgot what it was called, and Pan's Labyrinth. And I love Pan's Labyrinth. And this was a great film as well. So I'm really interested to watch Kronos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth is, you could tell, you know, where the transition has gone from Kronos to Devil's Backbone to Pan's Labyrinth. Like everything he must have been learning as a director, especially if he was, it was like a Spanish Civil War trilogy, because um, it does get more fantastical and sort of the stuff that he introduces, say, for example, in this film, just gets dialed up a notch for something like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I mean, Pan, Pan's Labyrinth is coming on like it's later on the list as well, so we will, we will watch that at some point. Um, but so this, this is, it says this is a gothic horror film. Uh, I watched this with uh, Kat and uh, we were like watching it and we were like, is this a horror film? <laughs> like, yeah. it, uh, it's, it's a bit of a genre mix and it's more of a um, fantasy film first and foremost. It's, it's a, it, yeah, I mean, it, it feels, it's a fantasy film with horror elements and I think one thing I thought about it was that if the horror elements were taken out of the film, it would still be a good film. Yeah. It wouldn't, like you could get rid of all of the all of the horror elements, all of the moments that were supposed to be sort of chilling and stuff, and it would still work as a film. A fantasy film, maybe not so much, maybe like a obviously a drama, but yeah, it didn't feel like a horror film really at all. It, it didn't really. It had a uh, guess how many jump scares it had in it. So when you people when you think of like horror movies nowadays, you there would be like yeah. a, a hundred jump scares because that's how they sort of get you. Um, I counted. Yeah. How many did you count, if if any? Well, possi- possibly one, yeah. maybe. There was there was one, or maybe two. There, maybe two. Oh, yeah. There's one that I'm thinking of. There wasn't even that, uh, like blaring sort of thing. It was just a little, like a subtle jump scare. And that's when like the the keyhole yeah. and the boy looks through the Santi looks through the keyhole. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, but there's another bit where I think where Santi, the the ghost boy, sort of like grabs Carlos and sort of pulls him towards him. And that was sort of like a little bit of a, a jolt. But yeah, yeah, unfortunately, modern horror films do kind of go for the old jump scare. Do you know what I mean? It's just loud yeah. noise, isn't it? It's just it, a massive <laughs> loud noise. I mean, you, you, you jump at a loud noise in any film. It's effective. If you're though, watching... like, it does get you like start, startle uh, motors going. I'm sure that's a technical Yeah, term, sometimes. But it, I think it does feel like a cheap scare sometimes. You're a bit like, oh, God, yeah, that's made me jump. But I'm annoyed yeah. because, you know, I want this sort of... If there's no tension really anyway, it's just a bit quiet yeah. and then suddenly it's lagged. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to scare you, but that's not because of the film's atmosphere. That's not because of anything really, is it? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I figured we could do this on every film, like do a little jump scare count. Um, so, I mean, I've got, I've got to say, uh, the thing I first wanted to talk about with this film is the uh, like the bookends, like the intro sequence that loops around to the outro sequence. I thought it would yeah. it made the film... Like I absolutely love those intro and outro sequences. Like, what is a there's like a it's like a visual art film. There's like little uh, beautiful little sequences and the music's lovely. And then like, what does the guy yep. says? What what is a ghost? Which is pretty much like the yeah yeah the, the thesis of the film. Like what what is a what is a ghost? And and it sort of I've got the quote here. If you want me to read it, Luke. Yeah yeah. Go so for this it. is every, every intro. Shall I read it all? Shall I just read a snippet? Read a snippet. So it's, what is a ghost? A 
<laughs> a tragedy <laughs> condemned to repeat itself time and time again. An instant of pain, perhaps. Something dead which seems to be alive. An emotion suspended in time. Like a blurred photograph. Like an insect trapped in amber. Yeah. And then there's, that, there's the whole visual met- metaphor there with uh, uh, Santi in that like orange water. Um, I like, hated to look at that orange water, man. Yeah, it didn't look nice. It's like uh, it nice. uh, Lipton's iced tea or something. But <laughs> I take a I I take a bath in Lipton's iced tea, but I would not take a bath in the horrible, murky, yellowing depths of dead boy of, of water. a dead child. Yeah, dead boy water coming yeah. soon. Coming soon. Well, I, I was wondering, like, why did why did it say yellow? Like, is that the toilet water or something? Because it was like some sort of like cistern. I don't know. It was just. Oh, it's grim. It was just horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just, yeah. That bit was so good. Should we put some context? <coughs> Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Put some context. Yeah. 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 To the film. So, so it's essentially is about uh, a twelve-year-old boy who goes to an orphanage. Um, his dad died in the Civil War. That's correct, isn't it? Um, yeah. And he kind of gets abandoned and sort of like left there on this orphanage with loads of other kids who you're assuming are, or well, obviously orphans, but like maybe like from casualties of the Civil War as well. Um, and the this, the, the uh, orphanage is run by a an uh, older woman, um, a doctor, and then a janitor, who is um, he was an orphan as well, at some point previously. Uh, so it's almost like the the kids kind of do look up to him in a way, but not in like a older brother sort of mentality. In a he's a right bastard sort yeah, of way. So they're yeah. obviously a little bit terrified of him. Uh, what was his name? Jacinto or something like that. Jacinto, uh, yeah. Jacinto. Um, yeah. So he's so he's clearly got a plan to uh, get hold of some gold, which is being stashed at the orphanage in a in a big safe. Um, the gold is something to do with the Spanish Revolution, I assume. They're sort of yeah. Helping I, think, or... I think they're funding uh, the rebels. I don't know much about Spanish Civil War, but um, <coughs> I think they're funding the rebels. I think the the school itself, the orphanage. Is actually just a front for um, them funding the, the, their rebel sort of yeah. allegiances, um, and then throughout, so. throughout the film, there's like um, I feel like there's like a constant fear that they're going to be found out and they're going to come and they're just going to kill all the kids uh, or do whatever they do. Um, but kill the kids, kill the kids. Because <laughs> um, well, look at the doctor. Witnesses like uh, a sort of moment where some of the some of the sort of Spanish soldiers kill some of the rebels in front of him. Yeah. So he sort of sees it there in black and white. What could happen essentially if mm. if he does get found out? Yeah. Um, and then they do find out, right? Oh, that, that okay. So that's that's like towards the end of the film. That's like Act Two. Um, do <laughs> oh no, they fear that they're going to find out, so they try and get all the kids together and they're going to leave the school. And at the same time, yeah. Jacinta's like, I'm going to get me some gold. He loves a bit of gold. Yeah. Who, who would have thought it? Yeah. <laughs> but he, um, he's, he's involved with some bad, with some shady characters as well. So obviously he's betraying the people of the orphanage just yeah. so he can get his hands on gold. But yeah, exactly. This is quite a good plot for a film without needing the supernatural elements. I mean, I understand why the supernatural elements are in there. First of all, it's Del Toro. So he's kind of his bread and butter with the... Uh, yeah. uh, Ghost stories and stuff like that, but what did you? What do you think the the addition of there being 
so there was a boy who was killed um, accidentally. Santi was killed accidentally. Yeah, yeah, but um, he's not, he's not, well, he was he was like hurt accidentally. It wasn't even then they he killed. So Jacinto, it basically you reveal throughout the film you think that one of the orphans, this uh, kid called Jamie, um, is the killer um, of yeah. Santi, who's the ghost who's been haunting the school, and. <laughs> Throughout the film, you're constantly thinking that, that that's going to be the case. But then right at the end, the big reveal is that it's actually uh, Jacinto, who's the, the older, the janitor. And uh, Santi caught him trying to get into the safe. He tells him not to tell anyone, pushes him into a wall, cuts his head open. The, the visual effects on that are great, I thought, with the, when he's a ghost and he's got like, the blood coming out of his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. And then he... And then he he's got like a cracked, cracked head as well, cracked yeah. head. I don't think he really needed to uh, kill the kid because he he's probably going to be okay because he's still alive, right? Maybe just like mentally damaged or something. But he like ties him up and chucks him into the into the depths of the water. Yeah. So clearly, he does fear getting found out. Maybe he just fears that he's not going to be able to get his hands on that gold. How how many times did he try and get into the safe though? He's not a very good safe cracker. What what was what was his method of trying to get into the safe? Just wiggle a key about. Oh no, I can't get in. I'm just yeah. gonna stare at it for a while. You must have tried at least four or five times to get into that safe. This is uh, get a get a, get a professional. Get a professional and yeah, pay someone yeah. to do it. Oh, you, you can have a bar of gold. There's loads of them in there. You can have one of the bars of gold if you get me all the all the rest. This is before eHow, so it wasn't like you could Google it and uh, and get on there and go. Okay, there's the four yeah. step guide. <laughs> well, what we understand is that is that the orphanage is absolutely miles away from anywhere else as well. So yeah. Uh, so there's no way really f- they've got one vehicle they've got one like car like f- between all of them to get them somewhere if they need to get somewhere and apparently it's like well well over a day's walk so the rest is civilization yeah so i guess that's a, a nice sort of that sort of like um shows you that they're quite cut off from the outside world so that's that's again that's always quite a good element in horror films when when you're like sort of, sort of trapped somewhere or sort of cut off from the outside world in that way yeah and that's uh that happens in Pan's Labyrinth as well, um, yeah, and Crimson Peak as well, because uh, they're in that house. Yeah, in the and she's like, and the main character in that is is American, but she's trapped in England. <laughs> God yeah. bless her. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, there's there's all the fear the the fear of like isolation, and obviously the the main character Carlos um, doesn't really think that he belongs there. He kind of thinks that they're stopping off. For a while, and then he kind of gets abandoned by the by by the person by the guardian, the person who'd taken over from after his dad had been killed. So obviously he'd been completely abandoned. So again, isolation, surrounded by a bunch of kids who were uh, he befriends a few of them at the start, but obviously a few of them are uh, are a little bit nasty to him. Yeah, especially Jamie, the bully character, because uh, they're just planting the seeds there that he's a <laughs> a killer. Don't mess with him, he's man. A yeah. He's a killer. But then Car- Carlos tries to like befriend him rather than like sort of. Yeah, I was I, I was smiling uh, quite a bit when they all got there. <laughs> they were all friends and they were like sharing comic books and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, he isn't too bad actually. He's all right. They were thinking about doing a comic book collaboration at one point as well, weren't they? He's like, you draw the comics, I'll write the stories. He was uh, like, yeah. piss off, mate. Yeah, I'm not interested. Like a bit of uh, indie store, indie independent storytelling. I like it. Um, exactly. Yeah, but it was like the opposite. Don't don't. They weren't c- combining their forces. They were strictly sticking, staying apart with that. But yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay, so... Well, I mean, uh, then you, I guess we need to talk about the explosion. You've got here that that explosion, spelled D-A-T, explosion. That's yeah. the mark. Yeah, yeah, so obviously... Yeah, so, so obviously the film kind of like builds with this with this sort of um, paranormal ghost um, sort of milling about. What's he doing really? He's just milling about, Santi, and he's just... Uh, just keep saying people, many will die. It's like... Uh, he will die. He knows the explosion knows. is coming. <laughs> yeah. But, and uh, um, so we've got to say there's like a giant bomb in the middle of the orphanage that fell yeah, down from the sky. Um, it's like, I, don't, I don't know what kind of bomb it is. It's a, a big... Rusty one, a big one. It's a big, it's a big old bomb, and it's trapped right in the middle of the courtyard. And uh, but it didn't explode. Didn't explode, but it, they they sort of give you an impression that it, it will do at some point. And then the ghost is like Santa's like, oh, many is going to die, you know. And I guess <laughs> I guess I guess I I assume he's talking I'm about the, the bomb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously they treat the bomb as like. Uh, a lot of the kids are quite fascinated with the bomb. They kind of like, sort of, they listen to it. They say they can still hear it ticking, and they call the bomb a her as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Didn't really, uh, didn't notice that. Yeah, they called. There was a couple of times that you could still hear hear her ticking, and they were listening. <laughs> I like how they've uh, they're all boys and they've uh, demonized women already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> women are just a bomb ready to go up. <laughs> What, why, what, also, why did the uh, the guys at the orphanage, like the the adults, mm. not put some sort of barrier around that bomb? Come on, kids, don't go anywhere near this bomb. Yeah, put some, some, put some tape around it. Some <laughs> Health yeah. and safety. Only, to be fair, why, is, why is there no women as well? Like uh, no girls? Like do you not get girl orphans? Is that not something um, that happens? Well, I, I guess you book a boys only orphanage or girls only orphanage probably a lot more back in back in the day. What was it? Nineteen thirty nine? Is that what we're saying? Some some of the fairies, yeah, yeah, probably boy, boys only orphanage. Um, yeah. But yeah, you still get a good rep- good representation, I guess, from female characters because um, Carmen, the uh, what would you say she is, the headmistress? Yeah, so she's uh, oh, there's a whole other side story here with uh, the headmistress and the the doctor teacher guy. It's like a love story yeah. sort of thing happening there. Um, yeah, you've got more of Del Toro's uh, influence. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So showing with her wooden leg, her like metal leg. It's very Del Toro in the sort of, he, lo- yeah. he likes his mechanisms and cogs and yeah, yeah, uh, he does. intricate steampunk-esque sort of uh, yeah. accessories and, and whatnot. And uh, there's so a bit of that. So she's had a leg off. She's had a leg off. Um, she, the the doctor guy loves her, but she's she's having it off with the janitor, <laughs> who's also having it off with uh, the uh, Conchita. Having it off with everyone in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's ha- having it off of ha- so the janitor's having it off of Carmen, the headmistress lady, but she doesn't want him to kiss her. So you know, it's strictly a it's strictly a scenario yeah. going on there. They've got <laughs> they've got an agreement. It's it's strictly a yeah. A, Sexual only. He's no, trying no. to sex the gold right out of her, I believe. Yeah, but, he is. He's going. If I sex you, will you give me the old, uh, give me the key to the key, key to the safe metaphor? Yeah. There you <laughs> see, key to the safe. Yeah, gold. It was weird because that that safe was very much open to him. He cracked that safe <laughs> fairly easily. I mean, he did. He was he was a master safe cracker in that scenario. It's more of a because she was like safe. Just also. <laughs> Because she said, this is the last time we're doing this. And he was like, yeah, all right. And about 30 seconds later, they started having it off again. Yeah. So clearly, she can't yeah. resist his charms. Once you know the, the, the code to a safe day, it doesn't take, you know, it doesn't change the code. You just do the same numbers and uh, tickle, yeah, tickle the same digits in. in a... <laughs> easy, easy return <laughs> access, you know, straight, straight back in there. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> So, um, so then you've got the doctor guy who, um, by the way, why is it called the devil's backbone? Like, I understand yeah, so- what they, what, what it refers to, uh, but I don't understand why the film's called that. Apart from the fact yeah, that it's, so got, it's, it's got like a ghost creepy name. Well, so it refers to spina bifida. Is that right? We understand. And there's some, a conversation got, with the doc- doctor has trivia, with the little boy. I've got some trivia later on for that. Um, oh, spina, spina bifida trivia. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite type. Okay, <laughs> how did you how did you know? Uh, yeah, go on. So the, the doctor the doctor's got his yeah. The doc, doctor has a conversation with Carlos and shows him um, a little fetus in a jar and says that the liquid in this jar with the fetus who's got a got an old wobbly spine. Um, we I sell this in the town to people to cure their ailments and you know they they love a bit of it. It's got rum in it or whatever and it's just and then he has a swig, which uh, yeah. But why is the film called that? Like. Like surely it should be called like the dead kid in the basement, or you know, like, <laughs> or maybe there's some we've missed some sort of undercurrent. We've missed yeah. some sort of narrative structure that you know maybe that scene was more pivotal yeah. than, we, than we gave gave it. <laughs> we didn't give it, it was a throwaway. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah. I guess now I'm thinking about it. So Carlos and uh, Santi is like floating in orange water himself. Um, yeah. And what's his name? Um, the doctor did say that it only exists if you believe in it. Um, so don't drink from this spina bifida water unless you believe in ghosts, or it will make you believe in ghosts, or or, or something along those lines. Um, so maybe there's something yeah, re- there. Relatable. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a relatable story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, coming to towards the end, then. The the actual horror bit for me is right at the end where the kid I love this bit like so the kids uh 
they basically so Jacinta's like blown the school up basically um Oh yeah, we did mention the explosion. So yeah, Jacinto calls an explosion just because he's a horrible bastard. And I'm a very you know, horrible bastard. The <laughs> re- horrible bastard. And well, he like, caused an explosion just with a load of load of yeah explosives. That was just like uh, just like a gas canisters and stuff. Gas canisters, yeah. Which someone tries to put out just with a with a sheet at some point. <laughs> Cat said the same thing. <laughs> um, no, not the gas canisters explosion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then she blows up herself. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so a, lot of, he, a lot of people died in this explosion. Jacinto. A lot of kids. Bastard. A lot of kids. Not only have you killed a kid by smashing his head in and then chucking him in some water, but now you've killed a load of kids and some adults too. And like, and, he, and, and, and his love interest, the young lady. Oh, yeah. We, uh, I, I didn't see why he had to do that. Like, oh. But I, I guess like that sort of cements, oh, this, guy is, this guy here is a bastard. Um, yeah, but I think we kind of... Stabbing his own... Like... He, there must be not be that many pretty girls in that uh, part of town. And why is he stabbing like the only one? <laughs> yeah, that's like shooting yourself in, in the foot right there, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? That is cutting off your nose to spite your face because yeah, he's done himself a right mischief. Yeah, there with the um, old knife in the belly. Man, it's, it's harsh that bit. So he he blows up uh, a few kids to try and get into the safe, and he also blows up like one of the only remaining teachers who actually cares about the educational system which i think it just shows it's a bit of a protest thing there to uh because he doesn't like the current educational system i imagine and then um he kills uh, the headmistress. Extreme protest <laughs> he, he kills the headmistress and then there's no gold where the hell's the gold i just thought where did, did they ever find the gold yeah yeah he finds the gold um he finds after the explosion he goes off for a while um, then he comes back with his with his uh, heavies, and his heavies are sort of there to uh, help him look for the gold. Um, and then he does ha- happen to find some, just some bars. But then his heavies think he's full of shit, and they go, "See you later, Jacinto. Have it." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, all the more for me." And then he ties the gold in like a little thing around his waist, and then that. I'm oh that. yeah, okay, yeah. That's that's like a plot point as well. <laughs> okay. And then the boys and the boys surround him, Lord of the Fly style. This is the horror bit so, for me. Where they so yeah. he locks the boys away and then they get out. One of the kids breaks his foot, which is pretty that, that bit is like one of the most horrific bits in the film. Um when he like trips on his ankle, snaps all yep. uh, skew if. And then they they get these sharpened sticks and they start just like stab it like like yeah. there's just something so horrific about that idea of them just puncturing his his like skin over and over until he falls into the into the water. He falls into the horrible spine a bit of the water, uh, well into the system water, and then the ghost of Santi, who the boy he killed, comes and drags him down into the depths. It does look a bit like he's just trying to cuddle him in the film. Like uh, he is, just having a nice little cuddle. Yeah, thanks for setting me free from this horrible place. Yeah, so I'm assuming because he was killed in cold blood, um, he was lurking around the the orphanage until he got his revenge. Maybe he was acting as some sort of warning for the boys, forewarning of what was what was going to happen because Jacinto was still was still about. Maybe he just liked the orphanage. He loved it right now. Yeah, yeah. Old Santi, Santiago. Old Santi. <laughs> okay, and um, and then that's the film. <laughs> oh no, yeah. So he, uh, what's his name? Falls in the water, gets a nice cuddle from Santi. And then he drowns, and then the kids, and then oh, everyone's dead at that point. All the adults are dead, and the kids just have to walk for like twenty four hours to get to the nearest town, but no one's going yeah. to want him. And one of the kids like, is bleeding to, de- the one who doesn't talk is bleeding to death 
and has like yeah. whoever has like a, a snapped ankle, he ain't making it. <laughs> They're probably going to have to eat him on the way to town to, for sustenance. Yeah. Right, and then they'll get to Conchita, eat her as well. The, the real horror starts after the war. I think that's the whole yeah, message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. probably it, yeah. That's what, that's what we missed. After yeah. the film ends, it just descends into, you know, horrible madness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and obviously the doctor dies as well, succumbs to his wounds. He gets, after the explosion, he just gets a bit of shrapnel in him. Mm. And he's like, oh, God, this shrapnel hurts a bit. And then he ends up just sat in a chair and dies. Yeah, and, it, and then it turns out that the ghost, he was uh, narrating the, the bookend intro and outro. It turns out the ghost in question was not Santi after all. It was him yeah. who, uh, his thing was he wanted to protect the children or protect the youth or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, he wanted to protect the kids. And I think, yeah. you know, he did that. So hopefully both the, both the ghosts of the story are finally at peace. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of ghosts, they were like, the ghosts were lovely, weren't they? In a yeah. horror film, the, the ghosts, were, they weren't trying to do anything bad. They were just, uh, they were nice Nice people. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, horror elements, not too many. No, I think um, the, the, the sticking of the pig style, Lord of the Fly style bit, that's, that was the most horrific bit for me. Um, yeah. But that could just be my deep-seated fear of being stabbed by a load of young kids. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever go down like your local spa or something? You see, you see a group of kids sort of like loitering outside and you're like, yeah. oh, they ain't got sharp sticks and they're going to puncture me to death. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I shout Santi no, and then run away. <laughs> does, that, does that work? Uh, it, it baffles them. It gives me a little bit like a, you know, room to, to get away. And then you um, walk out of spa with a four-finger Kit Kat and just eat it. Yeah. So uh, we've come to the trivia part of the show. So yeah. I've, I've got like uh, five points. You have to say if they are true or false. One of these I may have, uh, we may have already spoken about it, so... I don't think you met you're putting that on right. Okay, number one. Gil, old Gil, old GDT, has said that this is his favourite movie of his own. True or false? Um his favourite movie of his own. When when did he say this? I suppose you haven't got this information of you. Two thousand and three. Um three. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um oh, yeah, yeah. He was in the shower at the time. And uh he uh was just talking about his film. <laughs> You were soaping him, and you said, "This is your favorite, this is your favorite film of all you." And he just said, "That was Batman." Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna say yeah because I think it does feel like quite a personal film because he he always involves himself with the with the sort of Spanish and the the political elements of of stuff in within the fantasy. Kronos was kind of like completely different mm. from what I can remember. Pan's Labyrinth obviously is pretty fantastical, but I can imagine this having a a pretty good. A pretty um, special place in his heart. I'm going to say true. Yes, true. Uh, according to Wikipedia, I mean, um, what's that website? IMDb. That's the one. According Google. to the, the Internet Movie Database. Oh, right, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, the film's title refers to the medical condition Spina Sticky Outer. Spina, stick, Spina Sticky Outer? Yeah. Is that is that the scientific term? Well, that's, right. is, that's, is it true or false? All right. Um, false. Yes, correct. <laughs> we're gonna offend, we're gonna offend sufferers of spina bifida in this in this podcast. <laughs> that is it. I'm not, I'm not listening anymore. They can't hear from their like jars that they're trapped in. <laughs> wait, wait, it's spina bifida actually something that people suffer with, like and live. 
Okay, so <laughs> I apologise for being <laughs> uh, a biffy to people. Well, we're not making fun of it. No. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's a terrible, ail- terrible ailment. Yes, but Let's it makes for a tasty drink. Uh, okay, the reason for uh, Andreas Munoz also being credited alongside Junio Valverde as Santi is because Munoz replaced Valverde in part of the underwater scenes because uh, the other kid had to go to hospital because he had um, damage to his ears from filming. (laughs) (laughs) Why why is that funny? Oh, bloody hell. No, just because this is so in-depth. Of course it's not. That was way too convoluted. Of course it's true. I was like, why would I make... (laughs) Sat there making it up. It's so specific for me to make that up. <laughs> right, I'm going to spin you a yarn. <laughs> okay, but now I know... Next, Ear damage. <laughs> next time I'm going to get you, because there's going to be something very similar. <laughs> Similarly in depth. In depth. <laughs> it's going to be completely bollocks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the labour of love for director Jill was 16 years in development. True or false? 16 years. That's a long time, isn't it? But what you count as development, just like, oh, just add a notepad with it yeah. all written down. Just I, think, thing. I think so. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's say yes, true. True. Okay. True. Uh, Jill wrote the film when he was in primary school. True or false? What? <laughs> 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 that's got to be false, isn't it? Well, it's true if you, uh, when you talk about primary school, you're actually referring to college because you wrote it in college. Oh, right. So what? false. <laughs> yes, yeah, what? What did I say? Uh, you said it was uh, false. And it was false. Did I get five out of five then, I think? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. You, you are, weren't keeping score? You, well, there's only five questions. You you are, you are could go on Mastermind with this film now, I believe. Um, but, I mean, it's just a show. It's pretty, quite a fucking achievement that the guy who wrote it in college. It's like so, it's unbelievably mature and like more tasteful than most horror films are today. What kind of thing did you write in college? <laughs> um, I remember that one of the things I wrote was like, uh, uh, heaven is a caravan park. <laughs> and uh, it was about uh, this caravan park, but like Jesus, uh, God was the caretaker and all these old people. It was like a sitcom. It's like a silly sitcom. And all these old people were there. Uh, has, it, has, it has it got canned laughter? No, it was more like a, an office type thing. And you'd have like God like getting frustrated because they have to trim the hedges and that sort of. So it wasn't quite wasn't quite up to snuff with uh, old Jill's tastes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. It sounds wonderful. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess we come to the part of the show where we have to rate the film oh. out of. Or do we have a rating system in place? We haven't even talked about this. We haven't talked about a rating system. You know, this is the this is the glue that holds the podcast together. The rating system, and you know, we're just gonna really gonna create one out, put one out of thin air. You know, I don't know if I can. We we can edit it if, if we go on too long. Um, <laughs> so, Are we gonna... so Empire uh, places number fifty on the list. What did they? Let's let's just say out of five, or should we do Chris Stuckman's a like grading school? Thing? Yeah, let, let's do it. Let's do a little bit of a Chris. I think Chris Stuckman. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so all, the, all these that. films should be pretty like up there. Because if this is number fifty, I've got to say this is a good start. This is a really good film. Yeah, well, they, they should they should be pretty much up there, but you know we might see something that we really really just don't like. Yeah, but I, so I would say then. So um, I think because we're starting with such a swath of 
good films, the pre-selected good films, at least good, we should be very, very harsh with their ratings. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, um, so if we give a film like a C, it's probably really an A in the year it came out or or whatever. But because we're going through 50s, I don't want it to be given out 50 A's. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't think we will. Well, we're okay. going to be given okay. different ratings anyway. So. Uh... Okay, cool. So uh, you go first then. Uh, go for it. Okay. Um, I would say Devil's Backbone, I would give it a B minus. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it a B plus. B plus. I think it's a. I think it's a great film. I would give it an A if it was scarier and if it was an actual horror film. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. And I think it really could have been like you could have made the ghost way, like not not reveal him so soon. Um, you could have played with the tension a bit more. I think one of the creepiest scenes, which we didn't we really talk about, was when he went to get the water uh, from the the water pot place. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, the real sense of like dread there, but no, I know I thought it's great. Like it's an absolutely amazing film, but in terms of uh, like horror films and what I expect a good horror film to be, it's not quite an A. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It yeah, it didn't feel like too much. I didn't expect this film really to be on this list. Yeah, um, even though I hadn't seen it, like I kind of knew enough about it where I knew what kind of film it was going to be, especially with it being Del Toro. Um, so yeah, the horror for me the horror elements are a bit disappointing. I did want it to be a little bit scarier, but atmosphere-wise, it was you know it was creepy enough. But I think in a film where you can remove the horror elements and it still be a good film, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. But on the other side, you're like, well, why is this in a horror, a horror film list? Then if that's the case, yeah, like Pan's Labyrinth you- is more fantastical, but it's still got more horror elements in it. Like I'm thinking about yeah, the, yeah. the bit where he beats Breaches. the guy's nose and also the. A bottle, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, and and the creatures as well, and they're just terrifying. So, I think, yeah, I think Pan's Labyrinth is going to be like the step up from this, but we'll see when we get there. It's way up the list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So B minus, B plus. That's yeah. pretty. You know, that's. I think that's pretty generous. Wait, so should we just say a B, like on average? Average in a B. Average yeah, in for, a the, B. for the for the two of us, yeah. Very well done, Jill. You have performed excellently. <laughs> I look forward to your future works. He's also just announced that he's going to be talking about Hellboy Three, which is pretty. That's amazing. exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. He, he did. He did like a Twitter um, uh, poll mm. saying, "Do you want to see Hellboy Three? Uh, it was like yes. It was like yes or hell yes. Yeah. And apparently, like over a hundred thousand people voted. And um, I read today that he was going to be meeting with um, Ron Perlman and somebody else to discuss it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That'd be good. When, when was the Golden Army? That was that was quite a few years ago. It was a long time ago now. Yeah, so like, I want to say like two thousand and seven, something like that. Sounds about right. Uh, Hellboy was two thousand four, possibly. It's a good film as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed both the Hellboy films. And again, Cogs and you know all that. Yeah, it's got all that business. That all, that, all that business knocking about GDT. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, ne- the next film on the list is is one of my favourite films ever, actually. It's Kill List by Ben Wheatley. So if you guys want to go and oh, watch that... It's, it's, but again, this isn't really a straight horror film. So maybe Empire, uh, their list is like horror films that don't really play to normal horror conventions. Um, but this film, Kill List is great. It's fucking terrifying towards the end. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. 
I've really enjoyed watching this film. Um, so before I close off the show, is there anything you want to do, say? Anything I want to do or say? Well, as you as you mentioned just then, if people want to watch Kill List after we listen to this episode, and by the time the next episode comes out, you know, then you can hear our thoughts and sort of give us your thoughts as well. And we'll uh, yes. give yeah. us your rating as well cool. for Kill List. Uh, so this show is brought to you by the story studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to www.hawkandcleaver.com to grab a free book. Also become a patron for early access to episodes, bonus content, and heaps of free stuff over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. <laughs> this is very professional. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving a five-star rating and review in iTunes. And remember to hit subscribe. And thanks to my co-host, Mr. Ben Errington, um, for being a real horror dude. You should follow him at Twitter at, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? Twitter handle is Ben underscore Errington. And mine is at Luke of Condor. That's Condor with a K. Get it right. <laughs> Get it right, mate. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.